0: Hello and welcome to this special episode of Property Roundup here on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon. And I'm delighted to be joined by my co-host, Emmett Crichton, Client Partnership Director with uh, DAF.ie. And today we're coming to you from Aurier, McGee and Tallop, which you'll see from the signage around us. And joining us to talk about the local property market is Managing Director Anthony McGee. Anthony, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for allowing us to take over your office today.
1: You're very welcome. Carol, you're very welcome. Emish, uh, welcome to Tala.
0: And I'm so delighted we're in Tala because, all fair, just before we started, we actually commented on Tala as being such an interesting, almost uh, micro market that operates outside of uh, maybe the main Dublin market. So talk to us a little bit about the trends that you're seeing across the, the Tala market right now.
1: Yeah, you think the Tala population, you're. Somewhere between 80 and 100,000 people. So it's a huge market in itself. Um, so we've got a huge amount of first time buyers, huge rental market as well, industrial, commercial, so on. You've got the square, you've got the Lewis. So Tala in itself, absolutely. And we've seen this for years where the market in Tallinn is nearly works on its own. So, so you might have something different happening in the city centre. But Tallinn always seems to have its own little market going, which is great to see.
2: With a market, with, with a population of 80 to 100,000, it's similar in size to Limerick City then, mm. you know? Correct. So you have all of the, the action that you'd get in a city, but it's, it's a suburb of Dublin. Very much so, very much so. And, and how does that change your day-to-day then? Like, are, are you operating in, in isolation to the rest of the county or is it is it very much what happens in Dublin kind of makes its way out to Talla?
1: It does make its way out in Talla. Like, as much as Talla can be American in itself, we're still affected by interest rates and mm. government, uh, I suppose, uh, agendas and so on. So you always have a knock-on effect. But I always see, you know, particularly first-time buyers, the market is extremely strong for first-time buyers. So maybe not so much as you go into knock line and turn and house-crossing the town and so on, but huge amount of first-time buyers, huge amount of rentals in Tala. So you see huge amount of people looking to get onto the market for the first time. So, so that's always good to see. And lucky enough, you know, we have a good... A good number of properties coming to the market, not near enough new homes, but that's always the case. Mm. Um, But look, happy with what's there at the moment. Uh, A lot of our market, funny enough, would be uh, landlords leaving the market. So I'd say maybe 20% of our sales are landlords leaving the market for a variety of
2: reasons. Could we go back a little bit and just... Learn a little bit about you, Anthony, and how did you end up in Talla? Uh, you don't sound like you're from Talla. Don't is it? Is it?
1: <laughs> We're not of a Dublin accent, no.
2: Yeah, well, tell us your journey to becoming, you know, one of the most well-established brands here in Talla. Where did you start? What was your inspiration? How did you get here?
1: Uh, well, I'm from Kells, in County Mead, so farming backward initially. Uh, so, an early by accident, found my way into property. So, I did the property course in Galway and then worked Irish life for a year and then went did a surveying degree in Napier University then I came back and worked in an established firm in Rathmines then I opened up new offices in Harmerstown, Finglas from and then we kind of consolidated the company then for a while uh, probably around 07-08 when the crash came and then we had an office here so I took over the running of the office here And then at the time i kind of wanted to go a certain direction so uh i was talking to the guys in rea at the time and uh they said yeah we'd like to get you on board so uh yeah we joined the rea at the time and thankfully that worked out
2: very very well for us thereafter very good and the rea group then as a whole tell us a little bit about that you were chairman during Probably the hardest time in the REA group in the last 10 to 15 years during COVID, like it would it be.
1: It was, yeah. I mean, in fairness, taking on the chair of REA. So obviously at the board, you're expected to step up uh, to take the chair at any one stage as well. Unfortunately for me, it was COVID year. So so that brought its own range of challenges. As much try to keep the door open as much as anything. it was. So, so for us, you know, we we're trying to embrace technology. We we're trying to keep uh viewers safe we're trying to keep ourselves as agents safe as well and um, but it, it was a most challenging time you, you remember you know when damien english was minister for state for housing at time and i was getting on to damien numerous times to see as an industry what can we do we worked closely with uh pat david we worked closely with sherry coulter so it was great in a way it brought many of the top people together and mm. had to work together and as agents we were talking to our colleagues in Douglas Limon-Good and, and uh, Chefs Gerald and what have you, working together for the betterment of the group. And in fairness, yourselves, staff as well had to work with us as well to try and
2: work out the best ways to keep the industry going. Well, that was what I was about to get to, Carol, and you'll remember this. It was like, it wasn't something you could just turn off and walk away from until COVID disappeared. All of the key players in the industry had to find a way to keep the doors open yeah. and keep this moving along. And you indicated then that there's a lot of landlords in the Tala market like how did covid and and the impact of covid affect that managing properties servicing properties showing properties how did that work
1: yeah look whether it's covid or christmas day you still have the same issues you still have washing machines breaking down you still have leaks and you still have numerous issues lucky enough we were allowed to keep our doors open to keep properties looked after and 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 landlords were very grateful for that as well now a lot of our market in Tala is HAP, so this housing assistance, so on. So which, that money came in all the time. And, and I used to look at our colleagues, say, working in town who had large letting properties, and suddenly some of those tech guys were working from home, or suddenly they were working from a bed in Barna or Letterkenny or somewhere, and just stop paying the rent mm. in their property in Dublin. So it was extremely hard to manage property, there's no rent coming in. But for us in in our industry, where we are in Tala, we manage successfully. The the half rents come in continuously. The landlords are very very happy with that. So the management of the property was was easy enough done because you know we have our own in house uh, I suppose maintenance team. So whether it be a leak and tap or something else, we were able to do it without. That that, that must be
2: unique then in in, in real estate and, and when you're managing properties, have your own in house oh, management yeah. team, and it must make you far more efficient than, than other agencies.
1: Very much so. And, and we, we set it up Emmet because the need was there and, and landlords and I suppose homeowners in general are finding it really difficult to find somebody to do small things, particularly in-house. So if, mm. if you have a broken socket or a leaking tap or, or something small, trying to get an electrician or plumber out nowadays it's so, so difficult. Mm. So we're very, very lucky. We have an in-house team that can go and do the job quickly. You know and some of them are handy as well so it might be a small plumbing issue small electrical issues something else to be done but if we can send one person out to do the job at one time it makes life a lot easier
2: does that set you apart then to your competition when your people are approaching you with large multi-unit residential units and they're saying you can get the whole job done in-house
1: i would hope so because i mean the service we offer is second to none, no obviously in my own opinion mm. but i really feel and the team here behind us as well the, the, the work that goes in and it just doesn't it's not just a nine to five time as well mm. like we do get calls out of hours so we do evenings weekends christmas day but we, we have to look after it so yeah yeah, yeah. I, and i do do think the landlords generally uh, you know appreciate the work that goes into it you know because sometimes we get business and we get new landlords come in and they've seen themselves that, you know, there might have been an issue. And trying to find somebody to, to fix the issue is so, so mm. difficult now. Like, you know, all the money to basically thrown into new building and so on. But but finding the staff, finding the people to do the work is so, so difficult. Even the retrofitting. It's a great idea. All this kind of stuff, it's a great idea. But finding labour in this day and age. And, and we've some very, very capable people who worked in Ireland And they've gone home to Poland or Latvia or whatever. They just have struggled to find accommodation Mm. and so we've lost labour. So I would worry about the competitiveness of Ireland in the future, because if you were looking to relocate to Ireland and you have staff and you say, well, where are we going to put these people? There's little or nothing available. Mm. And and getting back to the same issue, landlords leaving the market, the amount of of accommodation available, that number is shrinking all the time. So I would worry about Ireland in the future being an attractive location to bring bring people to Ireland. That will struggle. And we're getting worse by the weeks we are.
0: Anthony, you're painting a very worrying picture. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's a theme that we've seen over consistent, not just weeks or months, but even years. Mm-hmm. Government policy is not supporting landlords to stay in the market, is not making it attractive for new landlords to, to enter. And since 2016, we've been documenting the, the mass exodus of landlords out out of the market we know we're in line potentially for a political change. What could be done at this stage, do you feel, that would actually not just encourage people, the landlords who are here, to stay, but to entice maybe a whole new generation, a new cohort of landlords into the market?
1: Yeah, it's a strange time at the moment, Carol, because rents have never been higher. And not just in Dublin, but we see our colleagues in our area around the country, we see sixteen, seventy percent increases in the likes of West common and Calvin. Waterford City so so obviously it should be an attractive time for landlords come to the market but there's obviously something wrong particularly with taxation why landlords are leaving in droves Mm. their interest rates at the moment you're paying five six up to ten percent interest rates so it's not viable so I've never seen as many landlords leaving the market as there at the moment every time I see government interference there's always an issue sometimes landlords are just an easy target Uh, at the moment you know, landlords are demonized. Mm. You know, the amount of landlords, I know, they're nearly afraid to say they're a landlord. Mm. But the, the amount of tax they pay incredible. Mm. And they've got maybe historic debt as well. I mean, you don't want to be in your 60s and 70s fed in their affairs for banks. And that's for a lot of them at the moment. So if, if they get to the stage and just get out, leave the market, they will. Now, the unfortunate thing there, in some ways, for tenants, it's all first-time buyers and talent who are buying. Mm. So the market's contracting all the time. So, for for tenants particularly, trying to find accommodation is awful. Like, every time we put up something on Daft, we could have two, three hundred people looking for a three-bed house.
0: Anthony, what's the breakdown in your firm between rentals and, say, sales?
1: Uh, Say, the properties coming to the market we have is probably 20% of landlords obviously of, mm-hmm. second-hand landlords or second-hand homes coming to the market so it's a huge percentage so but in
0: terms of the the work that you're dealing with what would be the breakdown between rentals and sales probably
1: 50 50 okay 50 50 and then we, we've probably large management portfolio going as well and uh, between that that valuations commercial and so on do you see
2: that continuing next year s- similar trend 50 50 on the management and on the sales yeah
1: in, in a way yeah we, we kind of every time landlord gives us a sale i mean we're more than Mm. happy to get the sale but i'd rather we were managing it for the next five or ten years than one sale now
2: i suppose it's cyclical nature of of the business and if 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 you see the market going that way what sort of pressures are agents under like let's talk about the industry more generally like what do you think the biggest problem is for agents out there? I mean, a lot of our listeners are agents mm-hmm. and they'll have their own opinions on this and they'll want to hear what you think. Well, well
1: every agent will have the same issue. That would be stock. Stock. You know, everybody's okay. fighting over the same market yeah, all the yeah. time. So it is, uh, and you see that with fees and so on. Every property we're in, let's say we're doing an appraisal. We put a four or five other agents in the same properties. We are, you know, so, you know stock is always the issue so it is and just I, I just think the amount of hours agents are working are longer and longer all the time it's becoming such a difficult industry to work in for agents like you, you seem to be kind of dragged to left right and center you're working six days a week so it's, it's difficult for agents particularly young agents coming to the market so you know we've two apprentices going at the moment you know and I think that the hours they will put in won't be anywhere near the likes of me, but I'm putting it at the moment. I just don't think people
2: are going to do it. And so so the stock levels are then making agents more competitive with each other, putting pressures on fees and commission rates and so sort of, I guess, and this is a trend that you've covered
0: before. Um, you say make them more competitive with each other. I actually think, and I feel like I can say it because I'm not an estate agent and I've never been an estate agent, but um, right now what we're seeing is a race to the bottom. So Anthony, you talk about the experience, like we know that a shrinking a, a shrinking pipeline. We know lead generation is an issue. You talk about going into a second-hand property. There's four or five other agents there. How do you position REA McGee to be the chosen one?
1: Yeah. Well. Well. Lucky enough, we're established here, say in tallah um, a long time now. We've a, we've a great shop front here. We've good presence. You know, we we sponsor local football teams. You know, we get a lot of of marketing material out. So we do so. And then social media, like we've improved dramatically in the last ten years. So can
0: can I interject? Congratulate you on your accolade. <laughs> I know um, you have been REA McGee has been recognised for being one of the standouts across the Aria, um branch or network network of agents um, in terms of embracing social media and LinkedIn in particular. Um, so well done, because I know that that's a difficult transition to make, but it's a very important one.
1: Absolutely, Carol. But but you know I'm a little bit old school in the way I operate, but. Thankfully, it's the younger members of the team who, who, who drag us forward, which is great. Now, we, we have to be open-minded in how we market. But
0: Anthony, I'm not going to let you away with that, because I know we'll have listeners here who are many decades your senior, who are well-embracing social media, saying, what's that young chap
2: talking about? That's <laughs> I, I an mean, excuse. <laughs> your, your younger staff must have got the appreciation for brand recognition from somewhere. Absolutely. I mean, somebody's told them how to do this. Very much. Right. We're, yeah.
1: we're pushing, pushing, pushing all the yeah. time. So we are, you, you know. And we we have to be innovative as well. Mm. I mean, there has to be only a certain amount of a marketing budget, so we have to think outside the box. But I'm amazed, like even TikTok. You know, we've only embraced that the last couple of years. So so every property to rent or property for sale, some of the younger guys go do a TikTok video. It might be sixty seconds, but mm. before the back in the office, it's online, mm-hmm. and within half an hour, there's a thousand likes and, and views. I'm just amazed. So I am like like which is great to see. So unless you kind of embrace technology, you're going to struggle. You can do all the flyers you want, you can sponsor all the football teams you want, but you know, you have to do certain things, uh, some sort of collection of things to just get your name out there.
0: That feels like the basics of communication though, doesn't it? You just have to meet people where they're at. So if the people who want to buy, sell or rent with R.E.A. McGee, if they're on TikTok, you have to be on TikTok. If they're in their homes, you put a letter, a flyer through the letterbox. It really is, you know, as much as things change, a lot stays the same. And that is you meet people where they're at. Right now, people like to be at home on their on their phones in their slippers socks at night. They don't want to leave the house to, to see signage and things like that. But it, it, it is responding to the market dynamics that are there. You've been in this industry for three decades. How, I mean, we, we can talk about how the business changes, but a lot of how the business changes is led by how people change. So your, your clients, your buyers, your sellers, your tenants, your landlords, how have they changed over the last 30 years?
1: They're a lot more tech savvy uh, and everything has to happen nearly instantaneously. You know, you know we, we run online auctions and, you know, I think with the last one we run, we had a farmer in a tractor that bought his property while he was out doing it. You know you couldn't imagine like the you oxen. come
0: from a farming background i don't know why that surprises you i i think sometimes people confuse technology with innovation and actually i think if you're an entrepreneur you're innovative because you have to be
1: yeah well some of the farmers i know that wouldn't be uh, the that <laughs> spirit that's for sure you're more interested in silage and so on but but it's incredible nowadays you know evidence, is done you can be you can be in Japan, you'll be buying a property in Tala online mm, in yeah. auction. Mm. Like It's astounding. So It's where we've improved from, from years and years ago, where, where, you know, when I took in a property, it was you're taking a photograph on a camera, you know, you're getting, go to the chemist, you're sticking 28 photographs on a sheet of paper, put them in the window. That was it like. But nowadays, people want everything to happen pretty much. So, if you're looking for a viewing, they want the viewing done now. Want to know when the viewing's there? Online bidding as well. Incredible tools. Oh,
2: it's it's one of our really popular tools at Daft. We have offers by Daft, and we can. It's it's. Driven by agents.
0: Do we know any of the stats? Um, Because I'm always really curious about that. Um, Do we know any of the stats about how people are embracing, um, irrespective of which platform they're using, how they're embracing online bidding? Because during COVID, people did it when they had to. Mm. Now they don't. There isn't the same compunction. And in fact, you know, a recent conversation with the team at I am Sold disclosed that actually up to fifty percent of their properties are now selling outside of the auction process. Which is really would that really surprise me? We're, so we've done. Are people choosing
2: it? We've done nearly four billion in transaction values through offers by Daft. We've done thousands of properties, and we didn't make a big song and dance about it. It was brought to us. Agents wanted it. There are various different tools out there, but the credibility that it sits on the Daft platform and that it's it's hosted by our engineers and built by us, but built for agents the the transparency the credibility the demand on on agents' time now you you referred to it earlier that agents don't value their time as much as they should because the amount of work that goes into selling managing property for your clients and offers by Daft is, is was built for that purpose yeah. so that clients could bid and where we're seeing the most amount of bids is a Friday evening or a Wednesday night you know oh, nine oh, ten the o'clock they have their feet up on the couch and they're like yeah I'll do this and then an agent doesn't have to respond to everybody and like when you're talking about agent's time i mean the pressure on fees must be intense then and if you're working saturdays absolutely and and you're saying the younger staff won't do that in the future like no
1: but but you're right important word you said there was transparency Mm. i mean people love that and i love the online tool but it all ties into time management so it does Mm. so you know if you're doing a normal private treat you get a bid in you have to notify two or three under bidders that the new bidders come in but online bidding it happens at the same time Mm -hmm. everyone sees it happening so it does and it works in the background so could be a Saturday or Sunday again as you said people are at home making bids the agent sees it coming through Mm -hmm. and it's working away in the background so again you know you got to think smarter not harder so that's a brilliant innovative tool that agents are using And, and it's just wonderful that that will save time for agents and if there's other methods where agents can think how to save time that's the way to go about it
2: yeah i totally agree and you've covered this carol the technology stack that yeah. some of the agents are coming out with now is just phenomenal
0: well actually that's blown my mind And we were again discussing this um, earlier but actually every week i'm being educated to a new piece of technology that estate agents or letting agents up and down the country are using and i have to say letting agents have the edge over Estate agents are ones that, that, that primarily deal with lettings um, because I think it is a lower margin business, higher volume, more things break down. So, actually, if you don't have your process, it becomes very unprofitable very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, can you tell us a little bit about your tech stack? Talk to us about what technology you're using.
1: Well, for, for the letting management, we use Letman. Uh, and, and, you know, any agent that's managing property, you know, unless they have some tech tool behind the scenes it it will not work you know when we started off with a pen and paper use spreadsheets it it, it'll get you somewhere for a while but it will not get you anywhere like and then like we manage in around 500 units so you know we have to make sure our landlords are paid as soon as the rent comes in Mm -hmm. And, and some landlords you know they're so tight if 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 with time if they don't get the rent in the day they need it in you know, a mortgage will bounce or something like that so well, you know. Mm. So so we have to be very, very careful that as soon as the money comes in, the money comes out. So we need to make sure we've enough attack to make sure it goes out nearly immediately. So it does because nobody's gonna wait. they say, Well, I'll pay the rent. And they're probably pretty demanding clients.
2: Well, These well, are professional people, they've they're yeah. paying you to keep Very much
1: about it, but you know, if they have their bank manager ringing them and saying, Mm -hmm. you know, your Mm -hmm. mortgage bounced, and he said, "Well, they didn't get the rent in time or something," Mm -hmm. I know who to be phoning. Mm -hmm. So it was very, very important to keep the whole wheels moving. So, so you know, you know, landlords, you know, they do their best in a challenging market. They really do, Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, they're being demonized at the moment. But, but they, you know, I have the best of landlords working with us, but unfortunately, you know, the way interest rates are going for those guys, that, you know, they're, they're subsidizing the rents, and that can't be right, can't mm. be proper, you know, mm. so, so little wonder there's so many leaving the market, but, you know, as a business, you know, what's the point being in business as a landlord if you're losing money? you know it's just on fees mm. now you might be able to subsidize it for a while, but you can't continue to do that
2: so can no absolutely so, so you know
1: unless the government look at that you, you know the numbers leaving the market are phenomenal there and that's year and year you see this happen all the time so unless something happens very very soon to keep landlords in the market you know i really struggle to see where where people are going to be living in the near future
0: mm. anthony that's unlikely to happen if what we've seen for successive budgets i mean this year we were promised something landlords got an average of about six hundred euros yeah. per unit per year yeah. uh, the year before we were promised something they got essentially the the equivalent of an allowance for the for the washing machine yeah. and I think that you've you've said something that might hopefully hammer home the point, and that is that some of these landlords are so dependent on the rent coming in that if it is if it comes in a day late, you could have a mortgage payment bouncing. You know there is a reality in Ireland that we don't seem to understand. how dependent we are on the private rental market and despite the fact that there has been so much reporting um it is politically unpalatable um for for uh government to support landlords and yet the reality is if we don't support landlords if we don't ensure the creation of new tenancies then we simply will continue to have a shortage it's it's um It's it's so basic. The IMF were over in Ireland only in the last month, trying to explain this to our government, and still they continue with um, unbalanced Mm -hmm. policies that continue to demonise landlords, and it feels like a hangover from the crash. Yeah, no, it's so
1: unfair. So it is for for landlords, you know, and and we've landlords who you know, purposely kept rents down, Mm -hmm. and then when at the end of two thousand sixteen. When the rent caps came in, suddenly they were caught short, mm. and, and, and something wrong when you've got two houses side by side, one rented at twelve hundred a month, the other rented two and a half thousand a month. Twelve hundred thousand, the tenants might go. Suddenly you've got vacant uh, property, but still you're obliged to rent it at the same rent, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's that's good for a tenant in some cases, but unfortunately when the poor landlord is paying eight nine percent interest, then he's forced to sell the property.
0: Now, and- Anthony, can we take a look at your say in terms of say the the pipeline for tala or for both rentals and rentals um and for second hand properties coming to the market in 2024 where where's the next generation of rental tenancies going to come from are approved housing bodies are local authorities buying up stock you know where's where's your next pipeline of rentals going to come from? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, there's there's not near enough new homes for a start. Anyway, mm. I mean, at the, I think we've built what, 27, 28,000 units this year. The government are saying they want to hit 33 odd thousand. Realistically, you want to be hitting 50, 60,000 mm. units a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, you've got the council buying up property. You've landlords selling to the council. That's okay. Uh, but not near enough availability. So there's not near enough. Like, oddly you see huge amounts, like uh, you want to twice, three times what we're building at the moment. Even if the government do hit 30 odd thousand this year, I'd say it's half of what's needed. Mm. And you want to build that number for the next 10 years. Mm. Now, in theory, that's a good idea, but you're getting back to the labour shortages. I'm not sure who's going to build all these houses. Mm. The labour isn't there. And a huge amount of skilled labour are leaving the countries there. Now, a lot of them are going to Australia, going to America and so on. So I have no idea who's going to build these houses. And
0: uh, uh, look, and it's not even in numbers. You have to get the balance of properties right. So, for example, we've seen in the last number of months that uh, the majority of mortgage home buyers are 1st time buyers. Would that be consistent with the demand you're seeing coming through your doors?
1: Very much so. Very much so. And, and tallow by its nature, a huge amount of 1st time buyers. And a lot of people we've rented to, or we've helped them get mortgages, and now they become 1st time buyers, mm. which is great to see. Maybe it just show how old they <laughs> yeah, 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 Going from rental to to buying and, and, and setting up homes for mm. their families. Yeah, it's it's great to see. Some yeah, things. absolutely. And, yeah. And, and and we've had a huge amount of foreign nationals coming to town as well. Mm-hmm. And you know they would be very very welcome and they've been embraced by the community. Uh, but it, it's it's great to see these people, uh, working, getting jobs, getting uh, mortgages, and so on, and and and, and setting up like and and again. You know you don't want to see these people going home so
0: you don't you really want to see um, these people anthony that's a really nice reminder that you know i i focus so much on the technology and i always have a bias towards talking about the technology and being curious about that but at the end of the day i you know every so often i'm reminded that property at its heart is a people business and i think when you're in this business for so long um serving the local community then you do get to experience uh, renting homes to people, and then in time they turn around and buy, uh, become first time buyers, and maybe trade or or right size in terms of family as that changes. Um, you know, in, in terms of serving the local community, you know, where do you see the role of REA McGee um, moving forward? You know, technology is, you know, online bidding, everything is is uh, turning towards technology. Where do you see the service element coming in, in the future?
1: I, I suppose it, it, it's our job as the agents to make sure that, you know, we're trying to keep people at home. So it is. So, you know, even sometimes I'll be talking to local these local councillors, see, you know, how we can improve that. So we can, but I mean, it's the stock levels is the key. You know, if, if there's not enough houses being built, there's going to be a knock on effects. Mm. So our job is to keep the industry going, uh, whether we embrace the, the technology, or talking locally, these IDs, or seeing what we can do on the ground. But, you know, I, I, we've so many clients we've built up over the years, I know them well, you know, so, so, you know, I, I love to see people coming in, getting their homes and so on. The crazy scenario at the moment is, is it's cheaper to buy a house than it is to rent a house. Mm. So, 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 but then if you're renting a house and you are uh, paying high rent, you're trying to run a car, you've got mm. childcare expenses. It's so so difficult to save money to buy a house, and until there's more schemes available to help people buy homes, then we're going to have a situation where, where there are more people will leave the country, which we don't want to see.
0: Are you seeing people that you're dealing with? Are you seeing them using these schemes? Because you know we have uh, there have never been as many schemes aimed at helping home buyers, first time buyers, um, people who have are ready for a fresh start. But the reality is some of these schemes have been really unworkable. I and mean, we know the government is starting to recognise some of those and make changes. But, I mean, the, the people you're dealing with, have they been able to rely on many of those schemes? Not necessarily. You
1: know, and usually the take-up in some of these schemes, you're talking small numbers. Mm. So, so you have to, as the government departments, really need to look and see, how come we've got minuscule numbers taking up these schemes? There's something very, very wrong.
2: We even spoke earlier about, like, even some of the, the government schemes that work on behalf of, say, buying properties back for the, for the council or getting people on the HAP scheme, mm-hmm. and how long they're taking now. The government sch- the government departments are busting at the seams. They can't handle the amount of people coming in. Yeah. So it, it's a knock on effect. It's it's it, and you're seeing it at the end of the pipeline. Oh, ah, yeah,
1: you know, I mean, the, 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 the HAP is is a great incentive for people to under a certain threshold to actually just be able to rent a home. But, mm. but, you know, we're seeing that, that it could be going two months now at this stage, nearly three months to actually work through the system. So so, so there might be somebody lined up and qualified for HAP to fill up all the paperwork.
2: But be, Landlord's happy to have them.
1: Mm-hmm. L- landlord's are happy to have them, but a landlord isn't happy to wait three months for the vacant no, property I mean, yeah. f- to, to get to get their rent.
2: So somebody but, has to bridge that gap. And are you seeing HAP recipients then having to fork out a couple of months in advance?
1: They're being forced to. Right. Being forced to because, I mean... If they don't come up with, with, with a plan themselves, if you're relying on HAP, it, it's not going to work. Mm. Even the same, the, the council buying homes as well, of landers and so on. But it, it's taken so long to process.
2: The, company, the intent seems to be good, but the execution seems to be really, really poor.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, that's an Irish solution, an Irish problem. Like mm. but, you know, the ideas are good, but unless you see it working in practice, people lose patience. The mm. And I don't blame them in many cases.
2: Yeah, and a lot of the time you have to look after your client's interests. They come to you to provide a service, and you're going to give them the advice that yeah, well, you that, can. Yeah, there's always a knock-on
1: effect. So at the moment, we've tenants, numerous tenants, overholding because you know the landlord has done the right thing. The notice is quit hasn't been valid, but the poor tenant hasn't been able to secure another property. Mm. So you've got you've got the landlord saying, "Well, the bank's forced me to sell the house. You know, my interest is going. I can't afford it. I'm going into debt arrears." And i've got a tenant who can't leave can't find somewhere to go so it's all in the same circle so yeah. until there's a solution then the kind of a knock on effect for the next and the next and the next we're going to end up going stagnant into market you know and, and as estate agents you know it's our job to sell property our job to rent property but you know we we need backup by governments we do you know we, we need to join up thinking and it doesn't seem that joint, thinking.
2: In your 30 years of being an agent and being in the industry, have you seen this kind of cycles before? Are we at an acute tipping point here? Or is this just more of the same? Every couple of years, something like this happens. What I'm trying to get at is, is the future bright for young estate agents coming into it? You've two apprentices here now who are very eager and ambitious to get on and spend 30 years in the industry and, Make loads and loads of money like you have. Well, maybe loads of money
1: you now was kind of what I'd be thinking more than that. But, 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 you know, like the, the crash old 708, I mean, mm-hmm. that was, wow, that was a bang. It was like turn off light switch. That was incredible. You're right. But, but, but ever since then, it's cyclical. So it is. And we seem to just climb ourselves out of a hole and then bang, we're back into something else. Right. So, you know, for young estate agents coming through, you know, it's certainly trying times. So it is. It really is. And you'd say, as an industry, where will be in the future? Hard to say. Hard to say. You know, you know, we are moving forward. We're embracing technology. are doing all the right things. But you know, until you see a lot of joined up thinking, as I said, with the government, the lack of supply is is making it very difficult. So you've got estate agents fighting over the same. Limited supply coming to the market mm. and, and that's not good for any of so not No, it's not then it's a race at the bottom Fees, etc. You know you have to be competitive and so on, but if there's just not enough of stock there It'll be difficult So you would worry about the guys coming through the kids coming through where they're going to be in five years time and ten years time It's a lovely industry, but it's tough mm. It's tough and I'm not too sure the apprentice coming through will they work the same hours as we work before and maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe, maybe why would you be working six days a week if you can maybe work smarter, not harder? That's that's. Well, important. yeah, that's it's
2: it's something to think about. You know,
0: you know I I always think um, it's a test of uh, would you encourage your children to come into the industry, and it's something we look at a lot across real estate and construction. You know, when people talk about the challenges, at the end of the day, would you encourage your own children to enter the, the and industry? And you know,
1: Carol, I've asked that same question to numerous REA guys, mm. numerous RE guys, and the state in general. And the answer is always naked.
2: That's a problem. I, it tends to be that way when in, in an industry, I find, for a certain length of time, coming from construction background. You, know, you only tend to see the problems when you get to a certain point. But when you're young and ambitious and optimistic, you know, I, I've met estate agents at various stages in their career, and they're like, you know, it's varying. Now, the industry does need to change. This race to the bottom that you both alluded to, that is a real problem. And like, I've done some research on that and that's been happening for about 30 years. We've pushed out, you even said, you remember when fees were 4%?
0: That was in the good old days in in law firms, uh, dealing with probate, dealing with conveyancing for solicitors. Now, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't like to go back to those, for consumers, I wouldn't like to go back to those those days of the percentages, but there was a value on professional time and fees that is missing today. You
2: you said the same thing, your your time is not valued. And I think from where I sit, it seems like, Everybody's saying the same thing. Your time is not valued. You're not getting paid enough for the professional service you provide. Yeah. And it seems it only needs to go one way. I don't think it can get any lower. It, mm. it just possibly can't, you it, know? It, it can't. I
1: yeah. can't see it going any lower, so it can't. Because you're going to lose people in industry. Mm. And it's been mm. some very, very capable people. But mm. they, they say, God, you know, why are we doing it for? Mm. You, know, you need a lot of energy, as so you do in this game. Mm. Um, but, you know, as you get older, you're thinking, God, I can't compete uh, with the hours as necessary, you know? Mm. so. You, you, you know, unless, you know, as an industry, we look of ways to make it more attractive and, and, and make, make the time worthwhile. There's mm. no point being, being working all hours if you're not getting paid for it. Uh, yeah. and, and sometimes we do that, you know, we do free probates and free this and free that. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, it has to be cost. You know, there has to be, you know, diesel shoe leather, you know, typing up. You know.
0: Anthony, is this not an agent led problem?
1: It, it sometimes it can be. You know, we try to be all things to all people, but at the end of the day, we've got bills to pay. You've got huge PI, you insurance, you've rates, and so on. You know, we've got staff and so on. So, it has to be feasible. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if you, if you're looking to employ or you take on new apprentices, you, you want to make a, an environment that's feasible, and you want to see a future for them as well.
2: And it's a, it's a never been a better time to actually sell a house. You know, the the the, the price of houses are through the roof. Absolutely, so people selling their houses are still making. Yeah, I mean, know.
1: yeah, I mean. We're already selling houses on average about four four weeks is all
2: taken. right? Okay, so, so, yeah. so, so, so the so demand is high, and demand is yeah. high. Uh,
1: so we're houses selling fast, but as ever, stock is always the issue with agents.
2: It is, and you can sell your house and you don't have to pay your agent very much, it's like a golden time, so, 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 it's a
1: win-win there for, for, win win for there, for, there, but, for the, you know, but for the vendor, yeah. but I, I always say, you know, the, the amount of work if we're selling a house for 200,000 in Tala. We're doing exactly the same work, exactly the same time as an agent that is going to send a two million euro house in, in Ballsbridge. Okay. The same process, the same time, mm. except for, for, for what we're getting is a fraction of what
2: they might. Well, a uh, house in Ballsbridge might have a marketing budget of 20 grand put against it, you know. Uh,
0: I, I would just say for the agents not represented around the table, the agents of Ballsbridge have their challenges too, no, I can no, assure absolutely. you. And there's, there's, a, there's a race to the bottom happening there. But I'm. Um, I, I feel like we could, we could talk for, for hours to solve the problems of the, the agency world, but that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much, Anthony, for allowing us, and to your team at REA McGee, uh, for allowing us in and to disrupt the office. Um, it, it's been fantastic to come in and enjoy the hospitality. Special word of thanks to my co-host today, Emma Crichton, client, uh, client Partnership Director with Daft, Ireland's most visited property website. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Karen. You're an old pro at this Thank stage. You, Thank We've you, Anthony. We've had a couple of times. <laughs> it was good to get the three of us together. I and get it was good. And finally, my thanks to producer Katie Talon and to the production team at Hear Me World Media. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Property Roundup on iProperty Radio.